Good evening, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, and my apology, my lovelies, I meant to get this out last night, but life happens, but I'm here now. So again, my apologies for the delay. Tonight's episode is entitled Promises, Promises, or as I like to say, be careful of the promises you keep. (laughs) So without further ado, this is Terra Radio. Today, we will be featuring a double dose of the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, which was the uh, catalyst for the resurgence of old-time radio in the 1970s. Our first radio play is entitled, A Little Night Murder, A Little Night Murder, which was first broadcasted on March 13th. 1974. Following that is the radio play Give the Devil His Due, which was first broadcasted on December 23rd, 1974. Now, you all know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to A Little Night Murder, followed by Give the Devil His Due. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm Ichi Marshall. Welcome to the world of your own terrifying imagination. There are people who suddenly find themselves tortured and taunted by a fragile wisp of a memory. It's intangible and veiled, and it hovers uncertainly somewhere around the hazy borders of the conscious mind. It's a memory of something they may have said, or something they think they did, exactly what it was, has been long forgotten. But now, it must be paid for. And the price? Life itself. Yes? Uh, Are you Mrs. Louise Goodman? That's right. Are you sure? Why, of course I'm sure. It's just that... uh... I don't want to make a mistake. I'm Mrs. Louise Goodman. Who are you? And what is it you want? I want to keep my promise. Promise? What promise? I promised I'd kill you. Remember? mystery drama, 
A Little Night Murder, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tony Roberts. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser, and by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg's Special K cereal. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Town at night, the city is a deserted place. The lofty office buildings, those gleaming towers of glass and steel, stand quiet, empty and foreboding, like ancient temples. And like the ancient temples, they also have their priestesses. These are the ladies who enter at night with mops and brooms and vacuum cleaners to clear away the debris of the day's worship and purify the offices for tomorrow's rituals. We are concerned now with one of these, a sturdy, middle-aged woman named Mary Margaret Cannon. Steady, hard-working, no nonsense. But on this Friday evening, something seems amiss. Mary Margaret is pale. She's nervous. And every now and then she stops working and just listens. Someone there? Oh. Oh. Hello? Oh, Terry. Terry, I'm scared. Scared? You? Oh, what did you be scared of? I, I, I don't know. It, 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 these murders. Murders? These women have been getting killed. Now, I'll come and stay with you if you want. Oh, please. I, I'm so nervous, so jumpy. I'm so scared. Yeah, but why? I, I just don't know. I... Terry. Yes? I, I hear someone coming. Hey, are you sure? I hear someone. Terry. I'll hang up and call the police. Oh, no. No, don't. It's, it's just the guard. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you see? Now... Is everything okay? Oh, yeah. Look, you just forget I called him. Get your rest. Oh, good evening, Tom. You're not Tom. No. I'm the new man, Mrs. Cannon. Oh, well, what happened to Tom? He called in earlier today. He said he was sick. They sent me down to relieve him. How'd you know my name? Oh, Tom told me. I asked him, uh, who's in the building tonight? And he said, uh, just Mrs. Cannon. But... But what? Well, Tom... Tom doesn't know my last name any more than I know his. We're just Mary and Tom. How... How did you know? Uh, why shouldn't I know your last name? You know mine. How? How would I know your last name? It's Jackson. Remember? Little Peter Jackson. I... I never saw you before in my life. Oh, you did, you did. Yes, you did. Well, well, what do you want? I want to keep my promise. What promise? I promised I'd kill you. Why do you want to kill me? You don't remember? Well, let me refresh your memory, Mary Margaret Cannon. Twenty-three years ago, you lived on Baxter Street, and one morning you walked into a little grocery store. Oh, oh, 
Ah, now, now you remember. You have exactly 30 seconds to live. Oh, please. Please, don't kill me, please. Please. You'll be saying your prayers. But I told the truth. If it was the truth, then God will forgive you. Pray, Mary Margaret Cannon. Pray. Oh, listen. Listen. My husband and I, will, we have a little money put aside. And I know exactly how you got it. Oh, you can have it. All of it. Only don't pray. Pray, pray Mary Margaret. Jackson! Peter Jackson! Maybe 30 years old, tall, thin, blonde! Don't shout. No one can hear you. They'll hear me. They'll hear me. They'll arrest you and hang you. His name is Jackson. Jackson. Peter Jackson. Oh, no. No, no, don't. They'll catch you, Peter. They'll catch you. Number four. Mrs. Mary Margaret Cannon. Number five. Coming up. Miss Alice Maitland. Captain Blake. Yes, Commissioner. Commissioner, I understand you... Listen, if you think somebody else can run it better, then get somebody else. I... Oh, I agree, sir. I... Yes, sir. No need for any of us to blow his stack. Absolutely, sir. Yes, I'll keep you informed. Well, you got a pretty good one here. Is this your first mad killer assignment, Lou? Yeah, I guess so, Captain. Mad killers, mad bombers, mad stranglers, you name it. You get one every 10, 15 years. You can count on it. You get a rash of absolutely senseless killings. No motive, no rhyme, no reason. Should we talk to her husband again? What for? All he's going to tell us is what a great lady she was and how they neither of them ever had any enemies. Captain Blake, suppose... It's just suppose it isn't a mad killer. Four murders in 11 days. Number one, Mrs. Martha Denson shot while parking her car late at night. Number two, Mrs. Janet Drew shot in her backyard. Number three, Mrs. Louise Goodman shot in her apartment. Number four, this cleaning lady shot while at work. Well, could there be a connection? Do they have something in common? There's no pattern. None of them knew each other as far as we can make out or even had anything in common. Yeah, that we know of. It's the toughest situation in our business. A mad killer. Okay, he's a mad killer. Every killer is mad. But does this one have a method to his madness? Yeah. He uses a thirty-eight caliber revolver and shoots women. The last one, uh, Mrs. Cannon, that's the problem. What kind of problem? Well, he's a mad killer, you say, so he wanders around, and if he gets a chance, he'll kill. He sees a woman alone in a parking lot, Mrs. Denson. He shoots her. He sees Mrs. Drew in her backyard. He shoots her. He sees Mrs. Goodman alone in her apartment. He shoots her. Okay, how do you account for Mrs. Cannon? You're dealing with a madman, Lou. You can't account for anything he does. All right, three women are targets of opportunity. They happened along or he happened along, and that was it. But he went out of his way to kill Mrs. Cannon. Look, he had to slug the night watchman. He had to take the elevator up 12 stories to find her. It means he wasn't just out to kill any woman. He wanted that woman. Why? That's good thinking, Lou. And if this were almost any other kind of case... Blake. What? Oh, no. Not another one. 
Okay, okay, all right, send her in. Did they tell you about nuts while you were getting your college degree? This one coming in sounds like a 14-carat nut to me. Captain Blake? Yes, I'm Captain Blake. This is Detective Parker. How do you do? Huh? I'm Miss Maitland, Alice Maitland. I own a bookshop on 3rd Street, and... Well, it's about the murders. Do you know anything about the murders, Miss Maitland? I... I know who's going to be killed next. You do? Who? Me. Uh, why do you say that? I... I have a premonition. I see. I know what you gentlemen must be thinking. You're convinced I'm a hysterical woman or, or a crank. No, but uh, I... Miss Maitland, do you have any enemies? I don't know of any. Well, we know there's a homicidal maniac loose. It, it's true, he may strike at anyone. That's not why I'm here. I know he's going to strike at me. Well, what reason would anyone have for killing you? What reason was there for killing those other women? Hey, you say your shop is on 3rd Street... I'll see that the officer on the beat keeps an eye on the place. Yes. I just thought I should tell you. That's all anyone can do, I suppose. Goodbye. Goodbye, Miss Maitland. Now, Lou, you have just conversed with an authentic member of the Nut Club. I don't know about that, Captain. She's a charter member. She belongs to the I'm the Next Victim chapter. I still say she's not a nut. Maybe not. Maybe she's just some poor little dame half scared out of her wits. Oh, she was calm. She was very calm. As a matter of fact, it's as if she knows what she's talking about. May I help you? Oh. Hello. Remember me? Yes. You're one of the detectives I spoke with. Yeah, Lou Parker. Tell me why you came to police headquarters with a story that... Well, rationally, it doesn't make sense. You said as much yourself. You felt that you had made yourself seem somewhat ridiculous. But now... Well, forget all that. I'm willing to assume that your story is true. That you really are next on the list. Then you do believe me? I'm willing to accept what you say. But you have to help me. Does anyone have a motive for wanting to kill you? No. If you never did or said anything that may have hurt someone... I can't remember. A disappointed boyfriend? <laughs> I never really disappointed anyone that way. And yet you insist someone wants to kill you. I know it sounds ridiculous. There's a reason for feeling the way you do. If only we could uncover that reason. Excuse me, that's my phone. Hello? 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 Miss Madeline? Yes. What is it? You you seem rather pale. Oh? What happened? When I picked up the phone, there was just a click on the other end. As if someone had just hung up. Well, why should that seem to upset you? Well, because it's happened before. It has? Yes. Frequently? I mean, often enough so that it really isn't just an accident? Three, four, perhaps five times a day. Uh, when did it start? Oh, I'd say about two weeks ago. I remember it happened three times the night the first of those women was murdered. Well, why didn't you tell us this before? 
I, uh, I didn't think it was anything important. May I use your phone? It's back there in the office. Okay. How long will be a moment? May I help you? Yeah. Is your name Alice Maitland? Yes. Can I do anything for you? Well, you see, I came here because I have to keep a certain promise I made. Say what you will about this young man. He has at least one redeeming feature. His word seems to be as good as his bond. But will he be able to keep this particular promise? This problem will be our primary concern when we return shortly with Act Two. Your Colligan man can solve all water conditioning problems, eliminate bad taste, odor, acid, hydrogen sulfide, rusty water. Call your Colligan man. You'll find him underwater in the yellow pages. One time, a young man named Peter Jackson has made the same promise to several women. A promise that he would kill them. So far, he has kept his promise four times. Now, he is in a bookshop owned by a Miss Maitland, apparently ready to fulfill promise number five. I came here because I have to keep a certain promise I made. You made a promise? Oh, yes. And I came here to keep my word. Miss Maitland, I think we're... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had a customer. <laughs> uh, what sort of promise are you talking about? Uh, oh, I, I, um, I had promised a special person I would buy her a book. And I came in here to, uh... Any particular type of book? Uh, yeah. Yes, um, a good murder mystery. Oh, well, we have the latest Jonathan Merriweather novel. No, I, I, I don't dig him. Uh, nothing happens. You, you got anything by Mike Stilson? Now, there's a guy who really writes murders. I mean, he, he kills somebody every other page. Oh, we're sold out on the latest. It's called Blood on the Street. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one in which this guy kills all those dames. Uh, look, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, all you have to do is read the newspapers. Do I tell you what to read, buddy? <laughs> Sorry. I could order the book and have it day after tomorrow. Oh, no. That'll be too late. Well, try us again. Sure. Well, that's a guy with gruesome tastes. Well, takes all kinds. Hey, you know, he's a great Mike Stilson fan, and he thinks nobody knows it. Who? My boss, Captain Blake. <laughs> You're kidding. Hey, this is the very first time I've ever seen you smile. Oh, I smile a lot. It's just recently. I uh, told Captain Blake about the calls. And? Well, you never know. He just grunted and said, I'll stay with it. Uh, what time do you close? Just about now. I'll take you home. I live in this building. Two flights up. Well, how about some dinner? Oh, you don't have to. You asked for police protection. Is that the reason? Line of duty? Well, uh, yes and no. I'd like to. Except that, 
Well, it's the end of the month, and I'm swamped with paperwork. Well, this neighborhood seems safe enough. It's busy. And that diner across the street stays open all night. Look, keep this card handy at all times. It's got a special phone number. Now, use it. Anytime you're disturbed by anything at all, no matter how slight or trivial, don't feel embarrassed. Just get on the phone. I've already told the officers everything. Yeah, I know, Mr. Cannon, but I just have one more question. It's very important. What could be important? Mary's dead. You said that Mrs. Cannon had no enemies. Uh, I'll take that back. She had a great many enemies. But when we asked you last night, you said she had none. Uh, sometimes when you think about a question, you see it in a whole new light. Can you name some of these enemies? She was good. She was honest. I'm, I'm, I'm sure she was, but j j just tell me this. During the past ten days or so, would the phone ring and then go dead as soon as you picked it up? Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, it happened. Often? At least two, three, maybe four times a day. I see. Is the name Alice Maitland familiar? Alice Maitland. Think. Alice Maitland. You know, there is something familiar about it. The Alice Maitland. Think of the type of person with whom you could associate that name. Now, would she be a, um, a movie star, a, a librarian, a, a teacher, a, a woman who might own a bookstore? No, no, none of those. I think of a little girl. A little girl named Alice Maitland. Did she live in the neighborhood? Uh, you know, these past couple of years, my memory, it, uh, it just comes and goes. Right now, it's gone. Well, if ever you remember why and how you know Alice Maitland, call the number on this card. I'll have another cup of coffee, please. Are you waiting for somebody, mister? Well, not exactly. Why do you ask? Oh, you know, you've been sitting around for hours drinking the stuff here. The coffee in this joint that good? <laughs> look, don't be frightened. Oh, who's frightened? Well, you are, so uh, just look at this. Oh, oh you're a cop. Uh-huh. You know, I was beginning to think that you could be that, that mad killer. Well, it could be just about anybody. I uh, hope I didn't scare you too badly. Well, the truth is, I, I wasn't that much scared for myself. No? Well, you've just been staring at that building across the street. I... I got the idea you were watching for something. Are you? Well, maybe. Could I have uh, change for the telephone, please? Thank you. Now, where have I seen him before? What did you say? Uh, uh not, not nothing. I'm uh, just talking to myself. <laughs> you do that a lot, don't you? Uh, do what? Talk to yourself. Well, uh, that was a short call. She wasn't home. Ah, it's too bad. Uh, did you find the book? What book? Uh, the one by Mike Stilson. Oh. No. Well, keep looking. You know the best way to stop talking to yourself? No. Get married. The light went on in her room. What's that? He went to the booth. He only had time to dial. 
and the light went on and Alice is a well, part... Who, who's Alice? It could be a coincidence. Wait a minute. It's Lou Parker. Did I wake you? No. I'm up. Did your phone ring just a minute ago? Did it ring? Well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, I, I'd fallen asleep and, well, I must have been having a bad dream. I, I, I think I heard the phone, but it, it could have been in the dream. Anyhow, I, I did wake up suddenly and I, I turned on the light, but I didn't hear the phone ringing anymore. Could it have been the ringing of the phone that woke you? I don't know. Did I hear it ring or did I dream it was ringing? I... Why do you ask? Well, I'm, I'm just checking. Um, anyhow, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Oh, that was a short phone call, too. Uh, yeah. How is she? The, who? Your girl. Now, how do you know I call my girl? I told you I read character. Do you also read the future? Like an open book. Well, I sure hope so. Captain, we got ourselves the killer. Oh, how can you be sure of your guy? I saw him in the bookshop. Does that make him a suspect? Maybe he likes to read. Then again in the diner. He may have been hungry. He didn't eat. He just went into the phone booth. He didn't even make a call. He was in there just long enough to let the number ring, and then he was out. So? So the light went on and Alice is yeah, Miss Maitland's apartment. You mean he called her and hung up? Well, well, what? She isn't sure. How can she not be sure? The phone rang or it didn't. It isn't that simple. You see, she was asleep and she can't be sure. If it was the ringing of the phone that woke her up or if the ringing of the phone was part of her dream. Good luck. Look, Captain Blake, there's something about this guy. He's young, about... 30-ish, thin, blonde, a very hard line to his mouth. Low, I think you better report in for general duty. This case is getting to you. Well, Captain, uh, please... It's no reflection. It's even to your credit. It shows you care about people. Captain, let me have one more day. Uh, all right, Lou. 24 hours. <laughs> I'm sorry I've caused you so much embarrassment, Lou. That's all right. Captain Blake is unhappy. He'll get over it. He thinks I'm crazy. Well, he thinks most people are crazy. Lou, you can't keep guarding me forever. He has to strike at you soon. That's the pattern. He's done four murders in 12 days. That's one every three days. This is the night of the 15th day. He's due. Unless... Unless what? Unless I've scared him off for a while. No, no, keep away from your window. Why? Well, if he's around, we'll be tipped off. But could I have scared him away? After all, how would you know I'm a cop? You never saw him before? Never. We have to assume he's our killer. And what is the only thing we know about him besides his general physical description? We know he wanted a book by Mike Stilson. Blood on the Streets. But he could have made that up on the spur of the moment. Now, people rarely make things up in the spur of the moment. He knows what he's doing. He's out to frighten you. The phone calls are a part of it. That book. 
there's something in it that would cause you to be frightened. But what? I don't know. I've never read it. Well, he figures you did. After all, you own a bookstore. I have to sell books by Mike Stilson, but no one can force me to read them. Well, the clue is in that book. Wait a minute. Captain Blake, it's Lou Parker. Uh, you know it's two in the morning? Yes, sir, but I'm calling in the line of duty. You live dangerously, Lou. What is it? Captain, you've read all the books by Mike Stilson. What? It, it, don't deny it, sir. It's a known fact to watch the department. You mean you woke me up at two in the morning just to ask... Line of duty, sir. If I read those books, it's only because I get a good laugh at how unrealistic they are. Captain, what's the story of blood on the streets? Lou, I hope your patrolman's uniform still fits. I'll be able to prove this is the line of duty. Get Alice pick up in your extension. Well, in a nutshell, a bunch of spoiled, rotten, rich kids are kind of high. They're joyriding in this sports car, and they run down and kill this harmless old gent. The harmless old gent has a son. The son comes back from Vietnam. He swears he'll have revenge, so he shoots the joyriders one by one. That's it? That's it. And it better be line of duty. Well, Alice? No. I was never involved in anything like that. Does it remind you of something that might be similar? No, but it has to. Think. I hope you don't mind if I answer your phone. Hello? Detective? Yes. He's here. You know, Blondie. Sandwich and a glass of milk. Thanks. He can't see me, but I can see him. Oh, he's headed for the phone booth. Oh, good work. We better hang up. What is it, Lou? Well, right now, right here and now, we're going to find out. If that telephone should ring. a rather grievous one, at least young Peter Jackson is something of a sportsman. In his own way, he warns his intended victims. He even tries to give them clues. This time, has he given one too many? We'll be back shortly with Act Three. This is WBBM, Chicago, News Radio 78. civilization be without the telephone? Imagine your life without it. And the way the telephone works, it requires two people to complete a call. However, some of the most eloquent conversations can be carried on when there's no one at the other end, as you shall hear. Answer it, Alice. Answer it. Hello? He hung up. Now I've got him. Where are you going? You stay here. Hi, Detective. Where is he? Blondie? Well, 
I told you he went into the phone booth. He didn't stay in there more than a couple of seconds, and then he ran out of here. Did you see which way he went? He didn't even pay his check. Which way did he go? Look, you've got nothing to worry about. You'll get him. What are you saying? He ran into a cab that's usually parked outside. All right, could you describe I the... don't have to describe. I know. Look, all I want is... I the... know the cab driver. He's a schoolteacher for days, and he moonlights. His name is Vic Wilson. Does he have a radio? They all have radios. How could he make a living? What's the company? Oh, what a great witness I make. Jefferson. He even got the number on the card in the phone booth. Blondie's in for it, huh? Jefferson Cabs. This is a police call. You have a driver, Vic Wilson. He's on a job right now. The minute he checks in, have him report back to the diner at 3rd Street to Detective Parker. <laughs> Parker? Yeah. I don't, how do I know? It's my badge. Get in. Can't be too careful. That maniac running around loose. Where'd you take your last fare? 790, Chris. Oh, what is it? It's an apartment building. How big? Six family, I'd say. Attached? No, it's all by itself. There's an empty lot on either side. They're renovating the neighborhood. It's, it's about time. He lives there, huh? Yeah, I've been taking him there for the last couple of days. He... He comes out of the diner, he gets into the camp, that's where he goes. That's good enough. Is he a bad boy? Well, you wouldn't give him a star for good conduct, teacher. Throw on those searchlights, Haggerty, and hand me that bullhorn. We know who you are, and we know you're in there. We'll give you exactly 60 seconds to come out. Walk out the front door with your hands in the air. Keep behind the car, Lou. A nut like this one might want to take some people with him. You've had your minute. Come out, or we'll come in. All right, let's get in there fast. Open up, police. All right, stand to the side of the door, Lou. Cover me. It's me, Lou. Lou. Lou, what happened? Well, you didn't get him. No, we didn't get him. Maybe it was the wrong house. No, the cab driver insists that's where he's been taking him. Then what happened? Oh, he's smart. He has himself dropped off at a false certain address in case he's being tailed, and then, then he sneaks out. Makes sense. Of course, Captain Blake doesn't believe a word of it. But, Lou... Oh, come on. Six families live in that house. Six ordinary, law-abiding families, and we rouse them at five in the morning and search the place. How angry is Captain Blake? Well, if he ever gets over it, I may wind up working nights in charge of the property office. Otherwise, I'm pounding a beat down along the docks. It's my fault. No. How do I really know I'm in danger? Why isn't this the product of an overwrought imagination? And the phone calls? Coincidence. <laughs> and the guy in the bookshop? And we see him again in the phone booth just before your telephone rings? It could all be coincidence. I can't accept that. But Captain Blake does. As far as I'm concerned, you're in danger. And you're convinced of it too, aren't you? But I don't have to be right. We can't take any more chances. 
Now, I'm going to stay here with you for another hour. By then, the stores will be open and we'll buy you a small 25 caliber revolver. No. I'll arrange for a permit and I'll show you how to use it. But I can't stand the sight of a gun. Alice, if a man is determined to kill you, all the advantages are on his side. We have to reduce the odds. I couldn't own a gun. I couldn't use one even if it meant saving my life. Now, Alice, I don't want to say that sounds silly, but... I don't think I can ever forget. Forget what? Well, I was... I was standing right next to a man once who... who was killed by a gun. When? Oh, years ago. I, I was about six. Who was killed? A very nice man. He was our grocer, Mr. Jackson. It was the day after New Year's, and Mama sent me out to buy... To this day, I remember. A quart of milk, a half pound of butter... And a jar of strawberry jam. And then this man came in. He had a gun. It was a holdup. And suddenly, there was a loud explosion and a, a terrible flash of light. Oh, it was terrible. Mr. Jackson fell to the floor. He was dead. And the man ran away. Was he ever caught? Oh, yes. Just a few hours later. I had to go to the station house to identify him. Do you realize what you've just told me? This is it. You identified the man. He was sent to jail. Now, years later, he wants his revenge. But that's not what happened. No? Well, you see, I was so frightened. I, I wasn't sure. I really couldn't identify him. And he went free. So why would he want to kill me now? Then that gets us nowhere either. The others couldn't identify him either. The others? Yes. There were other people, but no one was sure of him. Now, if you had identified him and sent him to prison, it makes sense to suppose he'd want revenge, but you didn't. Now, whoever and wherever he is today, he's happy. But the fact that you failed to identify him could have made someone else unhappy. What do you mean? Oh, the book, Blood on the Streets. It's about a man who killed people who did his father an injury. Did this grocer have a son? I think so. I think a little boy used to play in the store. Oh, but it's so long ago. <laughs> who could that be? I'll take it. Hello? Parker, this is Terry Cannon. Remember me? Y yes, Mr. Cannon. They said I could reach you at this number. Anyhow, it came to me. What came to you? Oh, I, I was trying to puzzle out why the name Alice Maitland was so familiar. Well, sir, uh, about 23 years ago, Mary Margaret was in a grocery store, and a man was killed in a holdup. I took her down to the station house to identify the gunman. And could she? Well, now, sir, she really couldn't be sure. Anyhow, another one of the witnesses was a little girl. Her name was Alice Maitland. And I remember her because she was the most terrified little thing I'd ever seen in my life. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cannon. I've got you. Finally, I've got you all tied together. Who? 
You and those women who were killed all come together in a little grocery store some 23 years ago. Finally, now we know who we're looking for. I'd like to see the look on Captain Blake's face when I tell you him this. You live to see that look, friend. Lou! I know you got a gun in the shoulder holster. Just lay the phone down. Slow. Easy. Now, raise the hand. Slow. Easy. That's fine. Just keep him there. I, uh, guess your name is Jackson. Peter Jackson, Jr. You figured it out. So I, I figured I'd have to come back and get both of you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The hands stay up. Well, it's too late, Peter. We know about you. Yeah, you know about me. But the other cops don't. See, I was in the house across the street when you staged the raid. I thought I'd die laughing. I, I learned never to get dropped off where I live. That way you don't get surprised. You won't get away with it. Oh, I'll get away with it. She's the last one. I'm sorry about you, but I'll walk out of here. And who knew it was me? But why her? She was just a kid. She lied. But I didn't know. I really didn't know. Yeah, that's what they all said. But they were lying. They were bought off. All of you were bought off. Come on, Peter. Talk sense. My father is murdered. And the law lets a killer go free. And you want me to talk sense? Does it make sense that five people who were standing right there couldn't recognize him? But I couldn't be sure. I really couldn't be sure. My father, he never hurt a soul in his life. If a hungry person didn't have a penny in his pocket, he could still walk out of that store with a loaf of bread or a bottle of milk. If your father was that kind of man, what would he think of you, killing innocent people? My father believed in justice. But you knew who the killer was. Why didn't you go after him? Yeah, I did. I did, but I was cheated. I spent years on his trail, and when I finally caught up with him, he was in his grave. Well, my father wasn't going to be cheated out of everything. If I couldn't have the killer, at least I could get the people who helped him. Let me explain something. No, no, you don't want to explain anything. You want, you want, you want to stall. You want a chance to go for your gun. Well, you won't get it. See, I'll kill you first, and then her. There's such a thing in this world as justice. If the law won't give it to you, then you make your own. And that's why you're doing this? For justice? That's right. That's wrong. You're doing it because you love to kill. That's a lie. Ah, it's the truth. Look at yourself. Look at how you're enjoying this. I'm doing what has to be done. You killed those four women and you enjoyed it. You have 30 seconds to live. Say your prayers. How long do you think you have to live? You're going to keep killing and you'll be caught. You can't stop. I hate killing. Come on, you love to see people under the gun, how they squirm and sweat. You're eating this up. Look at your face in that mirror. Look at that grin. Like a wolf. See how flushed and excited you are. Look at yourself. Look. Break your arm, drop it. Very good work, Lou. Very good. One more second and we would have had to gun him down. This way we can take him home alive. Captain Blake. Somehow, I'm going to get back here. I'll get back to you, Miss Alice Maitland. I'll keep my promise. Haggerty, Gordon, cuff him. Hustle him back to headquarters. Look, Alice, don't worry about him. Are you all right, Miss Maitland? Yes, I think so. Well, you shouldn't be. It was a rough experience. Why did you come back, Captain? Well, I guess we both solved it, Lou. You broke it by pure and simple brain work. I waited for a miracle. Oh, did you get it? Yeah, I got it. I got it because of this little machine. Hmm? 
Mary Cannon was killed in an office. She managed somehow to throw the switch on a dictating machine. A secretary came into work this morning, and she heard Peter Jackson, and she didn't stop running till she got to my desk. Listen. You see, Lou? There's your whole story. Of course, that isn't our whole story. For instance, you might want to know what happened to Peter Jackson. He's in a hospital for the criminally insane. For his sterling leadership in cracking the case, Captain Blake will probably become the next chief of police. Detective Parker will probably become Detective Sergeant Parker. And Miss Alice Maitland will probably become Mrs. Lou Parker. So you see, sometimes we can give you a happy ending. I'll be back shortly. just heard was concerned with the most precious concept the human race has ever created, justice. And when you think of Peter Jackson, perhaps he proves the point made by a great poet. When a man takes justice in his own hands, he will soon shape her to his own ends. Our cast included Tony Roberts, Susan Grossman, Jack Grimes, Bryna Rayburn, and Robert Dryden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. How has life gone with you all these years? Oh, as all lives go, I suppose. Has been the good, the bad, indifferent. Yes, well, mine has been mostly bad. Uh, I've prospered. My importing business in Baton Rouge. Ruination, that's been my lot, my fate. The fate of the House of Usher. Well, uh, if if you are financially in need... No, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, I, I speak of another kind of ruination. Decadence. I speak of the evil. The evil that molders within my body, my mind, my house. House? Oh, no. No house this. A tomb. A tomb that houses the living dead. You are ill. Yes, I lied. I I am ill with with fear. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time. Pleasant dreams.
I'm E.G. Marshall. Have you ever paused to wonder what happens to famous people when fame is wrenched away? Consider this. To singers, actors, dancers, to all who perform on stage before live audiences, applause is their life's blood. To performers, that sound is the music of the spheres. They live on it, thrive on it, feed on it. But when homage fades, dies away into silence, what then? Some accept retirement gracefully, or seem to, as did a world-renowned ballerina until her 50th birthday. I will pay anything, everything, to be young, to dance again. I warn you, the cost will be high. And before we go on, I give you one last chance not to go on. You are here of your own free will. You still have free will. Decide. Do you still wish to collaborate with me? If yes, then there is no turning back. What do you say? Alexandra, yes or no? mystery drama, Give the Devil His Due, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Nancy Moore and stars Mercedes McCambridge. Alexandra, incomparable ballerina, toast of two continents, Alexandra the Unsurpassed. It was said of her dancing that she was more than a star flung from the heavens. She was a constellation. What? What is wrong? What happened to my applause? Where is it, my applause? The bravos? I can't hear them. Please applaud. Call my name. What is wrong? Sandra. Wake up, Sandra. Where did it go, please? Wake up. I want my applause, that lovely sound. Someone has taken it away. Darling, wait, wake up. There now. That's right. John? Yes, dear, it's John. You were dreaming. I was dreaming? Yes, a bad dream. But where am I? Where am I? What am I doing in this place? Sandra, you're home. Now, come on. Back to bed. I'm all mixed up. Come on now. Take my hand. I'm so cold. Of course you are. That thin nightgown dancing around the room. Oh, my head. It aches so. There now. That's my good girl. You'll feel better in a minute. Swan Lake. Huh? I danced Swan Lake. Oh, in the dream, yeah? Yes. What dream? What are you talking about? I danced Swan Lake last night. And such applause, John. I can't remember how many curtain calls. And the flowers. 
There were never so many. Zandra. Brava, Alexandra, brava. And one young man was calling out, I love you, I love you. And after the seventh encore, or was it the eighth? Zandra, stop it. Stop it right now. John, what has happened to you? You've always been so proud of my talent, my fame, and lately, you seem actually jealous of it. Alexander, will you listen to me? You did not dance last night. You will not dance tonight. You haven't danced for 13 years since you retired. You're 50 years old. I am not 50 years old. Why do you say such things? Why have you turned on me like this? Alexandra, oh, dear Zandra, you're ill. It, it, it began a week ago on your 50th well, birthday. It's not that. I am not 50. I am not. That's exactly what you said on your birthday. You screamed it. You, you knocked the cake off. I am table. not 50. I am not. I am not. Where are you going? Forget your hammer. What? You look at yourself. Something you refuse to do all week. No, no. All right, then. You can. Tell me you're not 50 years old. There. Go ahead, look. No! Don't turn away. Look. I won't. Yes, you will. Please don't do that. You're hurting me. There will be marks on my arm. They will show in my costume tonight. All right, open your eyes and I'll let you go. There. Good. Now tell me what you see. I see beautiful Alexandra. The greatest ballerina the world has ever known. Oh, stop looking past the mirror. Look into it. Look. No, that's not me. That is someone else. She is ugly. Also ugly. Take her away. No, she's not ugly. She's still very beautiful. But she is 50. Face it, Sandra. Face yourself. Why do you make me face it? Why? I hate what I am. Then you... You do know what you are. You know. Sometimes I know. But I don't want to. I want to go back. To go back. Darling, you can't go back. You can't live in the past. This is now. I hate now. But it exists and you're part of it. Yes, John, you are right. Of course you are. You listened, then. You heard me. understood. I listened, I heard. Now, will you do the same for me? Listen? Oh, certainly. I've known what's been going on this past week. Part of my mind has always known. I tried to blot out the truth, pretend that it is lies, and sometimes I can't do it. But you, you drag me back. How cruel, just now, in the mirror, with the wrinkles. Sandra, I don't want to hurt you, but I can't let you go on like this. You're getting deeper and deeper into this pretense. I, 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 I don't know where it'll lead. Thank God we've talked about it honestly. And tomorrow, we'll talk more. Now, let's try to get some sleep. No, I haven't finished. There's something I haven't told you. You say I need to know that I am 50, that I can't dance, that I will never dance again. Well, you need to know that I will dance. I will. Oh, Zan. I know it sounds impossible to you, even mad. I know you can't believe it. But it is true. 
Alexandra, the unsurpassed, will dance again. All right, Sandra. Will you promise me something? All right. I'll stop talking about it. But that does not change what will be. No, no, no. I want you to talk about it. What? To a doctor. To a psychiatrist. I see. Please, darling, I beg you, this... This is madness, what you're saying. You're, you're, you're headed straight for a breakdown. Do you think so, John? Well, there's been plenty of evidence now of this. But I think it can be prevented. Very well, then. I shall see a doctor. Yes. I certainly will. You will? Tomorrow. Stern, I want the truth. Please, don't make promises you cannot keep. But I have no intention of doing that, Mrs. Scott. What would be gained by you or me? Aside from that, it is an honor to have the great Alexandra come to me for help. I have simply come to the best doctor in the profession. Now, exactly what can you do for me? First, you must understand there is no absolute guarantee. None. Plastic surgery will make you look younger. That is absolute. But for exactly how many years is speculative? However, I can make a very educated guess. You have fine bone structure. And that is basic to all beauty. Bones don't change. Only the skin, the muscles... When your skin is smooth again, wrinkles gone, loose flesh tightened, eyelids no longer sagging, oh, 15 to 20 years, I think, Mrs. Scott. That's a lot of years, I know, but I believe I can achieve it. 20 years? I will be 20 years old again. No, 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 no. You misunderstand. 15 to 20 years off your present age. Oh, how silly of me to put it that way. In other words, I would look 30. Oh, 30, 35. I suppose that will have to do. Now, about my body. You want body surgery as well? Of course. You can do the same thing for my body. Oh, Mrs. Scott, no, no. Age takes a toll of the body we cannot change. Ah, yes. Breasts lifted, superfluous fat removed... But if you mean your entire body made firm and beautiful... That is precisely what I mean. My dear lady, be realistic. Only magic could accomplish such a thing. Magic. Yes. Good morning, Dr. Stern. I am sorry for taking so much of your time. What is the lady's wish? Her fortune in the tarot cards... The palm or the crystal ball? I think the crystal ball. The lady has chosen well. And please, please, I am in a hurry. Something troubles you very deep. We will begin. My hands upon the crystal. Oh, it's most strange what I see... I see you young, young and beautiful. Tell me, 
Tell me if I am dancing. Tell me if you... You are the... The crystal grows cloudy. The mist, I, I can see no more. Gone, all gone. But I have told you true. You will be young again. Please, please try again. I must know if I will dance. Carlotta has no power to see what her crystal ball does not wish to reveal. But you have other powers. No ancient magic. Can you make me young? Tell me, does the lady fear a witch? I don't fear anything except age and not dancing again. Send me to her. The witch is a man, a warlock. But, lady, beware the cost. I don't care what it costs. Tell me his name. He wears many names, many faces. What name today, what face, I do not know, but I do know where he dwells. Number 13, Gehenna Street. The door knocker. It's hideous. Gargoyle. Never mind that. Just knock. That sound, it's like doom. There is still time to run back down this crooked street. No, I will not. There is still time to run back down the crooked street, Madam Scott. You know my name. Your true name is Alexandra. I've been expecting you. <clears throat> my house is honored. How strange... This room is... Uh, don't be alarmed by my treasures. They are ancient symbols of the occult. I am not alarmed. I am only surprised. Since you expected me, sir, and you know my name, you must also know my need. Your quest, your heart's desire. Yes, yes, I know. Can you do it? Oh, not can I, but will I? Then will you... If, and only if you agree to my terms, I warn you, they are costly. To be young, to dance again, there is nothing I wouldn't pay. <sighs> and now, since we are here to do business, I should know your name. You haven't told me. Well, my name, for a while, as long as it amuses me, is Azazel. Azazel. I've never heard that name before. That may prove to be your loss. Well, I have heard it now. So can we get started, please? Not, not yet. Not yet. Before we go on, I give you one last chance not to go on. You are here of your own free will. You still have free will. Decide. Do you still wish to collaborate with Azazel? If yes then there is no turning back. What say you, Alexandra? Yes or no? Yes, Mr. Azazel. Yes. Azazel. If Zandra Scott, a correction, if Alexandra had remembered Milton's Paradise Lost, 
she would recall that Azazel is the name of a fallen angel who, with Satan, rebelled against heaven. And perhaps she would have run for her life down the crooked streets. We will return to that street shortly with Act Two. It was Daniel Defoe who wrote, Every devil does not have a cloven foot, nor has Azazel, if devil he is. We can't be certain, can we? He may very well be only a charlatan, preying on the gullibility of foolish, vain people who wander down his crooked street. However, this I can tell you with certainty. Azazel is devilishly handsome. And wasn't it Shakespeare who wrote, The Prince of Darkness is a gentleman? So seems Azazel. Genial, courtly, charming. Madam, will you sit here? Why, it's a kind of throne. And what more appropriate for Alexandra? Oh, how lovely it is to hear you call me that. Nobody does anymore. They call me Sandra. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. Azazel... No, no, you... please, please. I dislike Mr. Azazel is enough. Azazel... Such an odd name. But I like it. I'm flattered. Now, you are about to ask what price I demand to make you young. Twenty. That's the age I want. Now, what if I said I'd take your husband from you? John, I wouldn't care. No? Your fortune? I quote you. Money, it's nothing to me. (laughs) How charmingly we agree. But I'm saying... Neither of those things. Merely testing you. All I require of you now is your promise that you will indeed pay anything. Anything I should ask. (laughs) You'll learn the cost only after your transformation. Are you uh, willing to enter a pact so blindly? Yes, yes, yes. How swiftly you leap like a ballerina. (laughs) But consider, my lady, consider... Azazel may demand more than you care to pay. What have I to lose? I have nothing I care about. Nothing. Very well. Your promise stated. I promise I will give... I promise I will give anything, everything, to be young, to dance as I danced when I was truly Alexandra. Don't make me wait any longer. Change me. Hurry. (laughs) Here, this moment. Yes. How greedy, impatient Alexandra. The metamorphosis will be done my way, in my time, not yours. Three nights must pass. The morning after the third night, you will be Alexandra. You must wait. Three whole nights. Well, 30 years you've waited to be 20 again. You can wait three nights more, surely. Now, each night you will drink from this bottle. How much of it? <laughs> you require a label. As on ordinary medicine bottles, very well. Uh, shake well before using. Three tablespoons before bedtime. Prescription not Refillable. Now you're laughing at me. No, no. I'm laughing at other people who who take only man-made potions. Now, all is uh, understood? Yes. Give it to me. Not not, not so fast. Not quite all is understood. One more promise. 
On the morning of the third day, you will come here, down the crooked street. Go nowhere else first. You will come to Azazel to pay what you will pay. Give me your promise. Yes, yes, I promise. Excellent. And I give you the magic potion. Sandra? What are you taking? What's in that funny-looking bottle? Oh, it's medicine, John. What for? Well, I'm not feeling quite myself. You're not? Well, isn't that what you have been saying for a week? But I didn't know psychiatrists prescribe medicine. But how silly you are. Of course they do. Tranquilizers, things like that. Oh, oh. And you do seem better already. Yes, I am. Much. All evening, not one word about it. No, no, I, 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 don't, I don't want to get you started. About being young again. About how I will dance again. Oh, Sandra, please don't start. All right. Turn off the light, darling. A dancer needs a full night's sleep. Oh, Sandra... You said that with humor and a, and a smile, and you know it's a joke. You are getting back to normal. Yes. Back to normal. Good night, John. John. John, wake up. Uh, oh, please. John. Uh, uh, what time is it? It's six. Six? What the, what the devil are you waking me up at six o'clock for? Because I want to know if I... Well, how do I look this morning? How you look? Yes, that medicine last night. The doctor said... Well, he said take it. You'd, you'd feel better, didn't he? Do you? Uh, yes. Yes, of course, but I thought... I just got a notion that I might look better to do I, John. You look rested and very pretty. And there's a light in your eyes you haven't had for a long time. And I think your doctor is a genius. We might even say a magician. John. Mm. John. Mm-hmm. It's nearly seven o'clock. Seven. Oh. Sandra, what has gotten into you? We, we never open an eye until 8.30 or 9. Now, two mornings running. You... What? John, John, John. How do I look? Sandra, what is it you want me to say? I told you... Sandra. What? Sandra, are you taking some kind of of youth-restoring quack medicine? Is that what you're up to? I am taking what the doctor told me to take. And yes, I did hope it would make me look better. I mean, all week I've had such worry lines, so tense, so nervous. That's all. I just wanted to look better. That doctor, you never call him by name. Why? Well, it is such an odd name. It's hard to say. Just what is this doctor's name? It is Dr. 
Azazel. Azazel? What nationality is that? How do I know? And I certainly didn't ask. Now, Sandra, listen to me. Something's wrong. There's something phony here. What do you know about this doctor's credentials, about his... Where are you going? Do you mind to wash my teeth? I can't stand this awful bitter taste. Oh, the mirror. Look at me. Nothing has changed. Is something wrong? Azazel Afoni. Is he... Sandra, I can't hear what you're... I can't hear you. No, I was just looking at myself. And I can't bear it. Oh, darling, please don't start all that again. Oh, you old woman staring at me. I love you. Sandra, what on earth happened in here? It's nothing. It's nothing, John. It doesn't matter. I broke the mirror. By accident. Sandra, you wake. Oh, what time is it? It's still dark. Oh, where's that blasted light there? Ooh, not quite six, damn. Sandra's got me in a habit of waking. Honey, it's not fair. You sleep while I... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sandra, what's happened to you? Sandra, wake up. What? Would you you please, for God's sake, open your eyes? John, what on earth are you shouting for? John, have I changed... Am I different? Different? Answer me. I am afraid to go and look. Go. Go, look. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I don't, don't believe this. Just now, when I got out of bed, it was not my heavy 50-year-old body. Will you get to the mirror? This can't be. Oh. Am I mad? Or, or do you look the way I think you look? Oh, I am 20 years old. Old. I am Alexandra. Twenty. In the name of heaven, will you explain to me how this could happen? Yes. It is the medicine. It was a magic potion given me by a warlock, a witch, Azazel. No, you are not dreaming. You are not mad. I am exactly what you see. He has given me back my true self. Please. John, no more arguments. I am going now. Zandra, this is goodbye. Sandra, one last time. No. Undo this unnatural, unholy thing before it's too late. You are too late. There is no turning back, even if I wanted to. Wait. Once you leave this apartment, walk out that door. Once you'll... I leave this apartment, I am free. Where will you go? Where else would I go? To the most famous of all ballet companies. To Sergius Kerensky... Ballet master and old friend. Oh, Zander, you see how mixed up you are. Sergius managed you 30 years ago. He's dead. Oh, how could I forget that? You see? Come back in and close the door. Oh, don't be stupid, John. It is his son's company now. Peter Kerensky. I will go to him. He doesn't know it. But this is the luckiest day of his life. And mine... 
Goodbye, old man. Sandra! I am free. It is the luckiest day of my life. On the morning of the third day, you will come here, down the crooked street. You will go nowhere else first. You will come to Azazel to pay what you will pay. But I have paid, Azazel. I lost poor old John and his silly old money. Why should I go down your crooked street again? Do not play fast and loose with promises made here. It will be at your peril. But Azazel, <laughs> Mr. Azazel, Dr. Azazel, all this abacadabra was done so that I could dance. I can't bear to waste another minute. I am terribly sorry, but I have an appointment with Peter Kerensky. It was Cervantes who wrote, He needs must go, whom the devil drives. But uh, is that quotation appropriate here? Is it the devil who drives Alexandra? We still do not know who Azazel is. To her, he's only a sorcerer. And with the arrogance of newfound youth, she now dares defy him. It may well be that by not keeping her pact with Azazel... Alexandra is traveling down another crooked street. A dead-end street. We'll follow her when I return shortly with Act Three. Backward, turn backward, old time in your flight. Can the clock be turned back? Can youth be relived? It would seem so. But is it wise to reach for the past? Finding it, may we not live it worse instead of better? Alexandra, age 20 again, has billed herself to Peter Kerensky as Zandra Scott. Curious that she should send him that name. Curious, too, that Kerensky agrees to see her. As a rule, he is not interested in unknown young dancers. Zandra Scott, is that right? That is the name I am using just now, Mr. Krensky. Oh, you have another? A name you would recognize if I told it to you. Well, then uh, why the secrecy? No, it is not secrecy. You will know exactly who I am when you see me dance. Now, see here, here, I'm not sure I'm amused by such games. And why are you so sure I will give you an audition? I know, that's all. I am absolutely certain. Well, that's more than I am. I can't think why I even let you in here. Perhaps because I... I'm a relative of the great Alexandra. Are you? But I didn't know that when your name was sent in. Aha, uh -huh, you knew it intuitively. Oh, come now. Well, at least I know why you looked familiar when you walked in. There's a very strong resemblance to Alexandra. Quite remarkable, really. So you remember how she looked? My dear lady, how could I forget? My father left a collection of at least a thousand photographs of that incredible face. You keep staring at me, Mr. Krensky. Yes, you know, it's uncanny. More and more, I see her face in yours. Um, are you her daughter? Alexandra had no children. Oh, a niece, then. Again, Mr. Krensky. You will know who I am when you see me dance. 
Oh, no wonder you were sure I'd audition you. What fool would refuse any relative of Alexandra's? I did rather count on that. Yes, but it's not like me to waste time this way. Let's get on with it, please. You've brought leotard and toe slippers in that bag, yes, I assume? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'll get hold of the practice pianist. What music, ma'am? Giselle, the mad scene. Why, that's one of the most difficult... Isn't that rather ambitious of you? For some ballerinas, yes. For this one, though. I have danced that role many times. Uh-huh. As you will. Oh, uh, that door just to your left. You can dress in there, then come on stage. I'll be waiting out front with my assistant. But why should I audition for anyone but you? Because I want it that way. How much warm-up will you need? None. None? I shall be ready in five minutes. Oh, oh. vain as a peacock. But if you're as good as you think you are, then why not? Wait until you see her, Trina. The reincarnation of Alexandra? That's the feeling I have. Well, if she has half Alexandra's talent, a a quarter of it, but she's a fine. A real beauty, too. Eyes like... Oh, there she is in the wings. She could be Alexandra's twin. What did I tell you? You ready, Miss Scott? I have always been ready. Oh. Very well. Music, begin. Now, you vain, lovely creature, let's see what you can do. Little fool should have had a warm-up. All right, all right. I expected a slow start, but come on, let's see something. I don't believe this. What's going on up there? Wait, Peter, give her a chance. I am, I am. will be damned. What is that? It's nothing. No elevation, no extension, no technique, whatever. Not even any grace. This girl's clumsy. That is a trained dancer. Well, she's a rank amateur. Did she really think she could put this over on Kerensky? A chance resemblance to Alexandra, and she palms herself off as a relative. Oh, she couldn't have a teaspoon of Alexandra's blood. Damn little upside tricked me. Does she really believe she can dance? All right, cut, cut. That's enough. Why did you stop me? Uh, come down here, please, Miss Scott. Trina, this girl's out of her mind. I- I'd better handle this alone. Wait for me in the office, please. Thin ice, Peter. Handle with care. I know, I know. How could you do such a thing? I was just beginning the marvelous dramatic passage. Where I yes, could... yes, I-, I know, but, uh, uh, I'm terribly sorry, but I don't think you're quite ready for that just yet. Not ready. Miss Scott, do you think you're ready? My experience, my talent, how could I not be ready? You actually think you danced well up there? You believe that? I didn't. Indeed, you did not. But I felt so marvelous in the music and the stage. I was Giselle. It all came back to me as if I were... Mr. Kerensky, what are you saying to me? 
I'm saying you're not ready for this company, or any company for that matter. No, no, please. You don't understand. I came here too soon. I should have trained. I thought I didn't need to, but I... Mr. Kerensky, I have not danced for some time. I did not realize I would be so rusty. Any real dancer knows she has to practice every day of her life. But I didn't think that I had to. But I will go, and I will train, and I will be back. Miss Scott, please, I'm a busy man. You've had your audition. It's over. Don't bother to come back. I'd be less than kind to encourage you. Now, I'm sorry to be so blunt, but you simply have no talent. How dare you say that to me? How dare you claim you're related to Alexandra? If by some mischance you are, you blight that famous name. No, I am not related to her. So you admit it. I am Alexandra. I am Alexandra. Oh, wait, wait. You fool. You tell me I have no talent. I who danced with Nijinsky. Oh, my poor child. Nijinsky died before you were born. What have you done to me? Why have you done it? Come, come in, Alexandra. I am not Alexandra. I am nothing. Why did you do it? Why did you break your promise to come here? There was no need to keep it. I paid what you wanted. You have not paid. You went your own foolish way. That was your gratitude to the one who made you young and fair. I am young again, yes. But my body, it won't obey me. Can you say that you didn't do that? If you had kept your promise, you would have kept your talent. And I must ask you to stop shouting. It offends me. I want me. to go now. I don't like it. Not here. so fast, Alexandra. It may be I shall reconsider what I have done. Huh? If you are still willing to give everything in return. But I have already given everything. No. I don't know what else you want. But I don't care whatever it is. You take it, you take it all, and let me dance. <laughs> the bargain is struck. You shall dance. As I used to. Far better than that. But you shall dance to my tune. Look into my face, Alexandra. Oh. What do you see? You. You. Who am I? Oh, you know my name? Say it. No. You've known me from the beginning, if you thought of anyone except yourself. Oh. Are you ready to dance? No. Here. Now. Here. A kind of rehearsal. You could call it that. But in these clothes, I can't... Ah, the first change, then. Look upon yourself, Alexandra. What? It is my costume for the sleeping beauty and my ballet slippers, everything. An appropriate costume, yes. Have you not been sleeping? Huh? But now, the prince has awakened you. Alexandra... May I have this dance? Dance with... With... A 
pas de Dieu with the devil himself. You are highly honored. But can the devil dance? <laughs> you will find that Nijinsky was an ox compared to me. All that I don't believe. You doubt that Satan can do anything he desires. Music! Your hand. Beautiful, beautiful Alexandra. You dance like, like an angel. Yes, I know. I feel it. Never before like this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, now I will conquer the world again. No. What do you mean, no? You promised me. My promise will be kept, as you have kept yours. You promised to give everything. At this precise moment, you have. What have I given? The world. You've lost it. Alexandra will dance forever, but only in limbo with Satan. Warning. The devil will have his due. To those who refuse to heed that warning, let them learn from the fate of Alexandra. Oh, yes, she realized her ambition. We can accurately say her burning ambition. But until the end of time... The flames of hell will lap at her dancing feet. I'll be back shortly. You don't believe in the devil? There is no such evil being? Ah, then a final warning needs to be sounded here. In the too often ignored words of Baudelaire... The devil's cleverest wile is to persuade us that he does not exist. Our cast included Mercedes McCambridge, Joe Silver, Ian Martin, Bryna Rayburn, and Peter Donald. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams... our show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror 1970. Or you can find me on Instagram at radio show nerd. I also have a YouTube page, Terror Radio. Check it out. 
subscribe, share, and like the videos will be highly appreciated. Again, this is your host, Keith, better known as the Radio Show Nerd, signing off.